Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode. I sit down with actor Nell Barlow, and it's a cracker. I saw Nell um, as playing the lead in uh, a film called Sweetheart, uh, which I can't recommend enough. We, we we discuss it a little towards the end of the podcast, um, but I watched that that uh, that 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 film. Um, it also uh, stars former guest Joe Hartley, um, and it blew me away uh, so much so that. I just thought, right, I've got to reach out and uh, and see if I can get Nell uh, to talk on the on the podcast. And she was so gracious and lovely and, and was like, oh, that'd be amazing. And, and so, yeah, that's what you're going to hear today. Um, before we get on with that chat, a few thank yous. Uh, I want to thank Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. There's some amazing podcasts and um, I'm very privileged to be part of that network. Um, go check out the other podcasts on there. I mean... Brett Goldstein's Films to be Buried With, that's a spectacular podcast. Um, and obviously the podfather himself, Scroobius Pip, he's got he's got a bit of a podcast. I mean, I presume you've all heard of it because uh, he is the pod dad. Um, so yeah, go check out uh, all of the content over on the Distraction Pieces Network. There's stacks of ace podcasts. I want to thank the team at the Blue Murder Club podcast that produce this. Um, if you like your true crime podcast, go check out Blue Murder Club. Uh, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to thank uh, our sponsor, Hotel Chocolat. Um, you know all about them. They do all that delicious chocolate. Um, but did you know that they do an alcohol range? And that alcohol range, they do a, uh, a gin, a gin cocktail. Um, and they also do like a salted caramel vodka. But they also do a range of like creamy shots and... Oh, you can imagine what it's like when you get them kind of like, especially in the winter, they're really nice. Them, them kind of creamy, you know the sort of thing I'm talking about. And they do like a salted caramel one, they do a, a mint one, an orange one, an espresso martini one. And uh, and they've got all that kind of hotel chocolate, chocolatey goodness and oh, just yummy stuff. Um, and so, yeah, big thanks to Hotel Chocolat, uh, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. Well, listen... Um, if you've just tuned into this podcast for the first time to uh, listen to me have this chat with Nell, um, at the end of this episode, go check out the back catalogue because um, you're going to love this chat because, well, Nell's wonderful uh, and chooses some incredible records. And uh, and if you like your actors uh, talking about music, then when you finish this one, go and have a look in the archive because you can hear me talking to 
some amazing acting talent uh, from the aforementioned Joe Hartley uh, to Michael Smiley, Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington, Thomas Turgus. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, there's stacks. There's stacks and stacks and stacks. Um, all your faves, they're all over there. So go and have a, have a little look there. Um, and if you like your, your indie stuff, then you can hear me talking to the killers. You can hear me talking to the vaccines, suede, idols, Sleaford mods. And if you like your big, big old rock and roll, then you can hear me talking to Tommy Lee and Motley Crue, the Foo Fighters, Papa Roach, and Enter Shikari, and all that big rock tastic stuff. Uh, and if you like your comedy, then why not go check me out? Uh, chatting to Jade Adams, Ed Gamble, James A. Caster. Um, they're all over there, um, amongst hundreds more. So go and have a little rummage, and, and while you're over there, click subscribe or follow. Um, and then you won't miss anything. I put out two a week. Uh, and if that's not enough and you'd like to get really stuck in and support the podcast, let me tell you how you can do it. For free, just head over to social media and just give us a follow. And maybe nudge your mate and say there's this lispy old bloke from Essex that just gets overexcited about talking about records with people off the telly. Um, you can do that. Or I have a thing called Patreon. Uh, so that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's patreon.com uh, forward slash off the beat and track. And over there, um, you can watch all the episodes. I put the videos up. So if you'd like to watch uh, your podcast, you can go over there and you can watch them all ad-free. And I'll make radio shows as well. And you can go and listen to all the radio shows over there, um, artist playlists. Um, and I do a live show once a month where uh, it's on Zoom and you can all just join and you can all bring your tracks and we all just chat. Uh, you can have your camera off and your mic off and just watch or you can get really involved and feature on an episode uh, and that costs a dollar a month uh, so that's about 20p a week uh, and you can find out about that and anything else to do with a podcast at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com there's also a little thing in the show notes to this called buy me a coffee so if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support it in a simple way you can go and buy me a cup of coffee I like coffee it's alright isn't it I'll tell you what I do like. I like chatting to guests on this podcast, and that is what you're about to hear now. Please enjoy today's episode of Off the Beat and Track Podcast with the wonderful Nell Barlow. It's Off the Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Now, how are you today? Hi, Stu. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Thank you for having me on here. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Do you know what? You're probably about, I've done 470-something of these podcasts now, and I think you're like the third person that's ever gone, yeah, I'm well. How are you? Not many people <laughs> ask me back, so thank you. <laughs> oh, that's that's nice. Well, it's always important to ask someone back, I always think. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> All right. Well, look, um, before we get uh, onto your playlist today, now I'm always interested um, to kind of, I guess it starts on a bit of a, a negative tip, but to cast your mind back to to lockdown and just tell me how that 18 months affected you personally and creatively? Um, that's a great question. Um, so I think to start with creatively, because uh, I think that's the easier one to answer, uh, it was actually obviously 
taking into account what everyone was going through and how um uh, how difficult it was for most or for many people. Uh, I actually found that time incredibly useful because um, everything just stopped. And so I thought, okay, I'm never going to get this opportunity again to actually just work on stuff that I would never usually have the time to do. Yeah. So um, I read loads of, I'm an actor and a writer. So I read loads and loads of plays. Um, I learned a poem a week um i learned um seven shakespeare speeches um and um i read some yeah like basically it just let me it gave me the time to to do things that i would just never have the time to do normally so i just felt like i sort of sharpened up my knowledge and um and just yeah took a step back to uh do some homework <laughs> was that like a knee jerk response to the situation or was there a period of time for you where like a lot of us when it first kind of got thrust upon us it was like oh it's glorious sunshine and we haven't got to do anything and we've got to stay indoors and sit in the garden or sit over a park this is this is quite nice and like how long was it if that happened did that kind of realization that oh hang on this could really impact on you know your industry and and your work like I need to kind of utilize this time immediately immediately because it already was going south before we even went into i mean as in there were already kind of warnings um yeah so yeah the knee jerk happened almost immediately immediately i just thought okay if i don't put my head in something i'll go crazy um because i just i'm not like that i have to be active all the time and to be busy i've always been like that and so Immediately, I was like, right, I've just got to channel this into something useful. Um, and, and as well as throwing yourself into that and, and, and you know, keeping the sort of creative element of your brain active and, how, you know, how did you find it, though, like personally? Um, oh, God, sorry, that's annoying. I'll turn off my messages. Um, how did I find it? I found it hard. I think, like many people, I found it really hard. Um I found it a mixture, actually. Uh, in some ways, it was incredibly cathartic because I lived with my mum the whole time and I've never, ever lived with my mum full time. Um, and so that was quite amazing for both of us. Was that okay? Because that, I guess, can be testing, can't it, if you've not sort of lived with someone in that kind of close proximity? Yeah, it really, really can. Well, because my parents split up when I was little, so I've always lived in two places all at the same time. So I've, I, my mum has never had me to herself and so likewise with my dad, well, for the first two like um, years, that was the case. But then afterwards, it wasn't. So actually, it was really nice for both of us because I had this real concentrated, intense time with my mum. I never got through childhood. Um, and so that was lovely. Um, and I think after a while, the anxiety, I think for, at the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to work. Like the whole industry shut down and what's going to happen? And, you know, I had, a, I had a film that I'd just done that was coming out and, there were big problems with that and but actually once I kind of just accepted that okay no one's moving sure <laughs> we're all in this traffic jam <laughs> no one in the industry is going anywhere it's just like we've just pressed pause then I just sort of sat into it and it was okay, okay. <laughs> let's talk records now Ooh. tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro please so the song that I've picked is uh, Barbara O'Reilly by The Who. 
Um, and that's never changed. That that answer has never changed from the age of about 11. So <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Like in, in the last week, like um, it's sorry, in this week, like you're, you're the second episode I've done. <laughs> and when I set this podcast up a few years back, I told you, you know, I've done hundreds of these. When I set this up and I come up with this question, I thought the two most common answers were going to mm. be Hard Day's Night by the Beatles mm. and Barbara O'Reilly. <laughs> Nobody ever chose it. Somebody chose Hard Day's Night yesterday and you've chose Barbara O'Reilly today. Um, oh. <laughs> and it's like, finally, I, finally we can get to talk about this incredible record that's just got the best intro ever. It does. and It really does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you discover that at 11 years of age my dad played it to me in the car and i just remember being like i'm a big fan of electronic music mm-hmm. and i think that might be where it started because i was sitting in the car and i just went oh, what what is this what's yeah. this sound i don't understand like this is crazy this is making me feel really like all these feelings and um yeah, it just, it started from that moment. I remember just being in the car with my dad and um, it was, it, I mean, it's so funny because this is the song I picked actually from those car journeys because yeah. actually, I mean, I, I really wanted to put Bob Dylan in my in my uh, song list and I couldn't find, it was like so difficult. I was like trying to kind of, like, I thought in Bob Dylan, where can I do it? And I couldn't do it. But yeah, so Barbara O'Reilly was when I was 11, sat in my dad's car, he put it on and I was like, Fuck! This is fucking amazing. It's it's different level. I I I'll tell you what, right? If if you get a chance, go and have a look because I'm a huge fan of of, of mixed martial arts and the UFC. Do you know much about that at all? No. So it's just just guys and girls just scrapping in a in a cage and um and whenever they they put these events on at the O2 or wherever they put them on in the world, the bit before the main fight starts. Mm. They shut all the lights off in the O2, and you hear and Barbara O'Reilly starts, and then they put this huge montage on the all the screens around the UFC of all these <laughs> iconic fighters like Ronda Rousey walking out, and all of them making their walk to the octagon. It's like I've got goosebumps saying it now, now, and like, and then when the guitar comes, you see the big punches being thrown, and these epic sort of scraps, and it's the most amazing. It's better than the actual event itself. The kind of little montage before, because of that music. That music's so powerful and evocative, and that arpeggio electronic sound that you talk about is so amazing. And then yeah. when you get that chime of Pete bah, Townsend, oh bah, my bah. god, it's amazing. It's, it's theatrical as well. I like. I think Huge it like it, tra- it's, it transports you to a big, in a really, in a really, or me anyway, a really theatrical mood. Yeah. So I'm like, listening to it walking down the street, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not an actor, but I'm always interested to ask actors this: when you got your your iPod on, or oh, people haven't got iPods anymore, have they? They've just got iPhones. Oh, I, my iPod Classic broke, and it was really gutting. I mean, there were worse things to happen in the world. <laughs> That's up there. Broke. I was actually pretty devastated. <laughs> when you're walking down the street, when you're on the tube, whenever you're doing whatever you're doing with your headphones on and your music on, are you in your own little music video? Yes. Yes. Oh right. my god. But I have different. So I have different music videos. <laughs> Come like, on, let's talk about them. Then. <laughs> 
Do we all want to talk about them? Um, uh, like, it's like a music video. It can be a music video, but it's also like sometimes that it can be that, but it can change, and you can be might be like your idealized self at that moment, or it might be like your dream, your dreams. I feel like my dreams kind of float around when my favorite music's on, and I kind of um, envision my dreams. If that makes sense, it makes a lot of sense, and it's way better than mine. I just kind of you know look a little bit somber out of the window of the train and just picture that everybody's just watching me. <laughs> oh, obviously I'm Richard Ashcroft in the Bittersweet Symphony video, just walking down the street and everyone's getting out of my way. Um, all right. I mean, I want to ask you something about, um, you, you know, you said that you, you, you was exposed to a lot of music um, in your dad's car. Was Was home musical? Very, very musical. Um, and quite contrasting in the sense that my dad, it was sort of 60s rocker um, stuff. So, yeah, like I, I got introduced to The Who. Um, it's so funny. So I have two older brothers on my dad's side and we all went through the same relationship with Bob Dylan, which was he'd play because Bob Dylan was sort of the main feature of our childhoods and he played Bob and... We just couldn't get his voice, couldn't get it. But what is this? This is ridiculous, this is awful. What is, what's going on? And then as soon as we all hit a certain point, it was like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. Like this is the best music I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and we all went through this kind of transformation. And now, yeah, it's like, you know, we're all ride or die Dylan fans, so. Wonderful. Um, but then on my mum's, but being in my mum's car, <laughs> there's lots of music going on in cars, um, it was, Blur and Oasis and James and Atomic Kitten and that sort of thing. Mm. So it was sort of Britpop versus, yeah, versus Bob and the Who and the Beatles. And yeah. that's uh, a lovely little hybrid, though, to get exposed to, isn't it? That's a real good cross section. Yeah, it is actually. It's really, really nice. And also, there was a bit of folk in there as well, a bit of um, uh, Fairport Convention and. Lovely. Steely Dan and stuff like that and Bellowhead and yeah so it was like a nice sort of whirlwind of stuff <laughs> lovely hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, I'm going to take you back now for track two and ask you please now to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Oh, this question was so hard to answer. This I was, I was agonizing over this one. I was like, what shall I choose? <laughs> but then I really just had to be truthful and go for I'm With You by Avril Lavigne. Mm-hmm. Um, because Avril Lavigne is a legend. And I think we're growing up in the mid to early noughties, like that was what every 10-year-old girl was listening to. Yeah. Um, because you had this kind of grungy, emotional, cool, sort of armband wearing, just like amazing Canadian like rock star that just sang these really sort of deep tunes. And um, it was like, it just fulfilled all my needs at that time. I just, it made me, took me to sort of, I used to sort of just go to all these places in my head when I'd listen to her. And um, I think with I'm With You, it just, it's just a beautifully crafted song and it goes to lots of different places. And I've also always been a bit of a sucker for violin um, and string yeah. usage. Uh, so like Phoebe Bridges uses a lot of strings and I'm just gone. I'm, I'm, I'm putty and I'm, that's it. And I felt like Avril Lavigne was my first introduction to that. And I just remember with I'm with you, I just, it was like, yeah, like, I was just like, I can be sad. I can be emotional. I can, Oh, I can yearn and pine and, just sort of be my authentic self. <laughs> so so where was all this happening? Where was growing up now? Uh, so, again, Avril Lavigne was really happening in the car. So me, I have two younger sisters. I have lots of siblings, but I have two younger sisters. And we were really, really into Avril Lavigne. So we used to put the CD on. We used to listen to it from the beginning to the end. And we'd all just stare out the window and kind of just go into this really, like, um <laughs> slightly self-indulgent dreamlike space <laughs> um but we were like ranging from six till 11 um but growing where, up where was home? sorry yeah that's sorry i was not answering your question um growing up was north london so um around my mum grew up uh i grew up in sort of Hampstead, gospel oak area with my mum and then my dad it was harringay kentish town i moved around a lot but mostly harringay uh green lanes that area fond um, memories of them yeah yeah really fond memories um um just trying to think like yeah they, they were both lovely places to grow up actually i was really lucky there were lots of lovely parks um there were lots of things to do uh yeah it's a big part of who i am i think north london yeah Tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, Nell. Uh, so the song that reminds me of my time at school was I've Got Your Number by Passion Pit. Shout out, Passion Pit. Love that. <laughs> Passion Pit were my band when I was at school, secondary school. Like, yeah. they, that was just what I listened to. That's what I identify with. I, I've seen them three times. Um <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, it was like my carry-on of electronic music, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's a really nice kind of 
it's a, a sort of further lean into electronic music, but still kind of retaining some, you know, jangly indie kind of edge as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And that his voice, I've mm. completely forgotten the lead of his name now, but the kind of the the I think the power in his voice, um and how high it would go. I yeah. remember being like, this is amazing. Um and every song sounded different and they were amazing live. And it really they really I think it really spoke to my angsty, um sensitive little soul as a fifteen yeah. year old. Did you enjoy school? Oh, great question. Um, primary school, I really struggled with. Um, I did enjoy parts of it. Like I enjoyed acting and I got to be in school plays. Um, but I really did struggle some with parts of my learning. Um, so I really struggled with maths. Um, and yeah, so that was really hard because actually when you're in primary school, when I was growing up in primary school, there were just, you know, you had maths and English and then you did a few, ex you know, but mostly it was those two things. So if you kind of weren't, if you were struggling with one of them, the experience as a whole yeah. was quite sort of, what I found it anyway, quite overwhelming. So I didn't love primary school because I did struggle uh, in sort of the education department. Um, but then I did enjoy secondary school. Um, I had great mates uh, who I have today. I've got five best friends who I will have forever and ever. Uh, and that's who I really thank my school time for. Um, and I had some really great teachers that really believed in me and pushed me. And that was really, really nice. Um, and actually, I think by the time I got to A-level, um, uh, I, I got to drop all the stuff that I didn't like. Um, and I think my brain very much works like that. It will like hyper-focus and be passionate. And if it's not interested in something, it just won't be interested. So stuff like, I can't think, stuff like maths and chemistry, as soon as I got to leave that behind and I could just do things that I could, could genuinely get my head around and like history and drama and English, you know, stories and storytelling, all those things are fun. Sorry, I'm dying. Right? I'm coughing away. A bit of coffee Thank went you. down the wrong arm. Sorry, Neil. Thank you. Oh, I hate that when that happens. It's the worst. I was thing. trying to style it out, but I was just thinking, no, I've got to cough <laughs> to apologise. No, 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 you poor thing. <clears throat> so, did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? Yeah, I think I did. I think I did know I wanted to be an actor. Um, uh, I think I knew that sort of somewhere, and then it kind of came into... <clears throat> I started studying was it you said there were some teachers that really supported what you you know what, what you done was that the more creative teachers mm -hmm. that were kind of pushing you yeah. for for what you wanted to do definitely definitely um and they were um yeah they were just not that the other teachers weren't we just spoke in a different language but these yeah particular teachers they were really interested in what I wanted to do and what I had to say and the projects I wanted to explore and um yeah they were great did it did it feel like it was possible to achieve success and and, and become an actor because you know for most young kids at school they'll look at you know what they see on the tv and what they see at the cinema and you know, it's a very select few people sort of get to that point. And did it always feel like, oh, I can do this. 
I don't know. I think in many ways I did because my on my my dad and my stepmom and my brothers were all they're all in the creative industry in some area. So I knew that I could do it. Like I could be a freelancer. And obviously it was easier for me because I had people in my family that did it. Yeah. And so I automatically am more privileged. Um but then there's also that element that's not. I mean, even now I don't think I can do it sometimes. What like, you're saying imposter syndrome? Yeah, like I guess so. But also it's like <clears throat> yeah, it's imposter syndrome and it's also like syndrome like sometimes you can feel fine and feel really good and then other times you're like oh actually maybe I can't do this and maybe maybe this isn't going to work and maybe I'm not ever going to work again or you know you just go into these funny little tunnels so I, I don't know if for someone like me that ever stops but that's got to be I, I think that's quite healthy I think if yeah. you just think everything's going to be incredible and I'm going to smash everything then that's quite narcissistic isn't it I think like to have that kind of oh well look you know I'm not sure if that was the best thing I could do today or I'm not sure if this is going exactly like that's normal is it I think anyway that's certainly how I am oh god yeah I, I agree I think that's normal too yeah. yeah yeah definitely definitely those kind of uh sort of finishing school and and, and a levels and and pursuing acting how confident was you what, as, a, as, a, as a person was you a confident was you a confident kid um, I think as most people are, and something I'm trying to come to terms with more is I think I was a real mixture. And I think that we are as people, or I'm starting to believe that we are actually real, we're attention. We're like, you know, we're, we've got, um, opposites inside us. So we're made up of lots of different components. So I feel like at points I was really confident, like cocky, confident, naughty. I was very naughty at school. Um, I'd like to think that I never um, bullied anyone or, you know, I wasn't that kind of naughty. Um, it was more like just playing up with teachers and talking and uh, just being a bit disruptive. Um, and so, yeah, in many ways I was confident. I loved and loved making people laugh. Yeah. Um, and I liked being funny and... Do you like attention? Um, oh God, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then actually also I think there was a part of me that wasn't very confident and was, you know, could get anxious and could get a bit um, unsure of themselves and I still can. So I think it's like a, I've got a real big mixture in there. Sometimes I can, but then I think what actually drives me through is that I really um, love working with people and my identity really feels like it kind of is is uh exists in my relationships if that makes sense so I, like, I always need to be seeing my friend I love I love being with my partner I love you know meeting new people and I think that's part of being in this industry is working with people and working yeah. in a in a company or a... so actually even though I can feel or did feel uh insecure at times and not confident I think also at the same time my confidence with people and my ability to chat uh, is why I probably am still acting now. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the first record you remember buying. Um, so I went through a massive phase as a teenager of buying LP records. Um, okay. I collected, um, I, my dad got me uh, a record player. And so I collected all these brilliant, beautiful records. Um, 
And to be honest, because like, because you, because you had an iPod, because everyone had an iPod, mm-hmm. you know, you had it to hand, you had your music to hand, and obviously listening to a record, it, it just it sounds so much different, so much more different, and it sounds beautiful and wonderful. I feel like a big part of, if I was going to be totally honest, a big part of my pretentious fifteen-year-old self was just the beautiful records themselves. Yeah. Like the big squares, the beautiful design, the cardboard. Well, you, can, you can really get to. Uh, I think you don't really get to see the beauty of record sleeves anymore when it's just on your Spotify on your phone or whatever. Whereas oh. you've got that great big twelve-inch sleeve in your hand, you get to see the beauty of it. Yeah, they're stunning, and even the discs themselves are stunning. Like I remember, I had an XX one um, from their what was their white album called? Con. Oh, Angels, is mm. it Angels? It was, yeah. And it was see-through. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Their artwork's always incredible as well, isn't it? Gorgeous. I'm yeah. sure we'll get onto the XX a little later. Um, so, yeah, we haven't actually said what the, the track was. Oh. oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. So my record is uh, The Suburbs, Arcade Fire. Uh, the song specifically is Sprawl 2. Um, so I remember finding that record... Um, I can't even remember what the shop was now in London. And, you know, that beautiful cover, sort of the greens and the, the street, and it's all kind of illustrated. And I was just like, I have to have that. I have to have it. I don't think I even had the record player at that time. Yeah. I was like, I just have to have that, whatever that is. How old would you have been then? Uh, uh, when did that When did that come out? Because I actually saw Arcade Fire at, at, in Hyde Park. So when was that? Uh... Oh my god, maybe 15, 15, 14, 15, something like that. So you sound like you was a bit of an indie kid around that time. I was a massive indie kid. I mean, it's a good time to be an indie kid then, because there was some incredible music coming out then. Amazing, I know. Amazing music. Yeah. Very, very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. I touched on um confidence uh, a moment ago and asked you about that. Um and you've chosen, as I mentioned, a you know, an, an incredible competitive and 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 tough industry to, uh, mm-hmm. to 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 pursue, and and you know to see the success that you've had. Tell me, confidence aside, tell me about how driven you are, Neil. Oh wow, um, yeah, I'm pretty driven. Um, I think you sort of have to be. I think you have to really, really want it. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it because. Yeah. There's just, I think, there's so much competition and you have to get used to being told no a lot. Why would you do that if you weren't in it for the long haul? Why would anyone do that? (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, And I like being driven as well because I think when I'm not driven or I don't have a purpose, I I get down and I get listless and actually it makes me feel good. Do you think that's a family trait, the drive? Um... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And I think actually another aspect of that is that I'm lucky that 
I have parents that love what they do um, and that they work is like a huge part of their life. And I'm not saying that should be for, for anyone, for everyone. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that is the be all and end all, it, it, nor should it be. I think there are things that are, you know, more important, yeah. like our human connection and our kindness and all that stuff. But I think because, sorry, to go back to it, because I had a mum and dad who loved their jobs and it was so much part of who they were, um, uh, I I can see... I can see their drive through their passion. Yeah. And so I think if you grow up around that, it's helpful, not all the time. And I, I'm sure that, I mean, there must be so many people that have incredible drive and their parents might have hated their jobs or one of their parents might have, you know, all that stuff. But from my personal experience, I think having all my, um, I say all my parents, my step-parents too, all, all of them having jobs that they they really love and care about. I think that just, that that's definitely put, that's shown me what it can, how it can work. Tell me, please, now, the song, we're going to go clubbing now, that soundtracked your time clubbing, please. Uh, you're going to be disappointed because it wasn't like a club club song. It's not a club club song. Um, I was arming and ahhing between being really, uh, going really dialing it back to my, uh, when I used to go raving, um, which would be a lot of dubstep. Mm-hmm. Dubstep <clears throat> was a big um, but I didn't want to do that because I just didn't want to put anyone through that. Um, so actually, I'm going to go very close to my heart, and um, I'm going to choose "Edge of Seventeen by Stevie Nicks, uh, which is obviously a banger, and uh, it's what me and my best mate at uni used to listen to before we went clubbing. Yeah. So we used to put that on, and then we used to like dance around the room like eagles. We used to put our like arms in the air. It was really weird. Anyway, I don't want to. We what were you to... doing? Getting your Stevie Nicks on, like because yeah, that's yeah. that's. I mean, she's just phenomenal to watch on stage, and. Oh, yeah. that, that song is as close to perfect as it gets, right? Yeah, incredible. That's incredible. got a great intro as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, another, another, basically anything that is slightly like moody and you're going to, you know, you're going to be in for a ride. Yeah. Um, it's like I nearly chose actually the best opening, um, Another Girl, Another Planet by oh. the only Again, like, you know, that was between that and Barbara Ryan, and I was really agonising. I had yeah. to go for the heart and go for the who. But, but yeah, but yeah, but the same sort of with Stevie Nicks is that opening. You're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, all right, well, I'm going to take you home now. And, uh, and for track six, now tell me a, f- a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Uh, I think I'd have to go for Jamie XX. Wonderful. Um, and there's an album uh, which is with Gil Scott Heron mm. and Jamie XX called We're New Here. Yeah. Um, and uh, for what I know about Gil Scott Heron, he was uh, is is he dead? He's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Okay. Um, uh, uh, but there's a spoken word poet and uh, American jazz musician, and he uh, Jamie XX made this album. Mm. And there's a song in there called Running, um, and uh, it just really makes me think about London. And I think the whole idea of when you, I mean, I know it's kind of, it's about, I mean, they mentioned New York a lot on the album. And I think that, so obviously we're not in New York, we're in London, but and about what a big city is like and what it can feel like for certain people. And, and I think that's quite, I kind of, I feel like that about London, that London has uh, can be an incredibly rewarding place, but it can also, be an incredibly hostile place and it's hard for lots of people that live here or move here or you know it's not always the best uh, but also it is a beautiful brilliant place and it is my home
is do you ever see yourself leaving London or is because the reason I set this this podcast up initially was um a good friend of mine is a musician who lives out here in Essex, um mm-hmm. former musician called Scroobius Pip. And Oh my god, cool. <laughs> Scroobius Pip is a massive hero of mine growing up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's crazy. That is so crazy. Oh so, my god. Uh so so Pip lives up the road and uh and the whole reason I'm I, I podcast is just through Pip becoming a, a you know a very successful podcaster and and yeah. but one of the things that uh I, I was always fascinated by was when people would say to Pip, like, um, Do you live in London? And he's like, No, no, I I live in Essex and it's like are you going to move to London? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just get on a train. It's only half hour. Yeah, I know, but you know, if you, you know, if you're part of the music industry, like you move to London, right? And and so I'm always intrigued as to that draw. And obviously, you've been born and, and bred in London, but I've spoke to so many actors and musicians that got to sort of seventeen, eighteen, and relocated to London for work is it work that keeps you there is it family or all of those things together and or is there just a a, 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 you know a real beautiful love of London I think it's like a big mixture of the three to be honest like it's my home I grew up here I love it um and there's there's just some things that are very very London that I would really miss if I lived somewhere else what would Um, that be um I think the river I think the Thames I think something like I know that sounds like but like the South Bank and um I don't know like grey pavements and I said just there are just some things that are just oh yeah I would really really miss but then at the same time I feel like when I grow up and get a bit older I wouldn't mind moving out of London yeah. it's not something that I'd be, be I'm totally against yeah okay last track you can play tastemaker now and uh an influencer um a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear please now i'm really this is my favorite one so i was really looking forward to answering this one um so um the song and artist i really want other people to hear is a uh, brilliant brilliant musician and singer called ella clayton and it's her single murmurations um, and that actually is all about well, it's the setting is Brighton, um, but she's one of my best mates, and she is an incredible artist. And um, her storytelling through her songs and her voice is just exceptional. And I, I voice is listen. stunning now. Oh yeah, is it? I know. There's <laughs> nothing like it. There's nothing. There's no one out there like her. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah, it's truly beautiful. It really is. Um, now, we make it really easy for people to go and listen to that because we put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast with uh, with that track and, and all of the tracks that you've you've chosen today. I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw a Dylan track on there as well because I know you was trying to thumb him in there some way. <laughs> so so what, what Dylan track should we throw on there? Now I'll put you on the spot. It's only got about six million. Like, which one uh, shall I put on? Can I please have emotionally yours? Oh, good shot. <laughs> yes, you can, Nell. Um, now, as uh, we, we, we're entering the, you know, we're recording this, you know, a few weeks before Christmas, and and we're looking at a, what's hopefully going to be a, you know, a really happy and healthy 
2023 and hopefully COVID will become a, you know, a, a distant memory and, you know, the, the, the acting industry is, is, is back where it belongs and gigs are happening and festivals and clubs are open and it's, it's a, a thriving creative world again. What are you looking forward to next year personally and what's going to be happening professionally? Oh, okay. What am I looking forward to next year personally? Um, oh my God, that's actually really hard. Um, I'm actually going to go to Scotland in oh, July. Wonderful. Where are you going? I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, somewhere called Arasig. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the film Local Hero? I have. So you know the beach? Yes. That, yeah, so that's filmed where I'm going. Oh, wonderful. It's the, yes. That's where I'm retiring, Scotland. Is it? That's, that's you know where, that? that is like where I want to go. It's the most beautiful place on the planet. I adore Scotland. It's, uh, yeah. it's stunning. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about that. I'm very, very excited. Creatively, what's happening? Um, so I just got a sorry a um uh onto a program at BAFTA called BAFTA Breakthrough, um which they do every year and they pick twenty people they uh, BAFTA consider to be having a, a breakout year, um and that ranges from producers and directors and writers and actors and gamers and all sorts com- composers um and we basically just get like a year uh, of mentorship so i'm really looking forward to seeing where that goes and who i meet and um the fun that can be had wonderful i want to mention sweetheart because it, yeah. it blew me away i'm friends with with joe hartley and so oh. it was who's one of the loveliest people i've ever met uh, yeah. And and I put the film on, and now it blew me away. And and I was like, I need to reach out to to this actor uh, because that film blew me away. And if people haven't seen it, go and watch it. But as well as how incredible that film is, the music in that film is wonderful. It is wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. yeah, I know the, the boy drum, and actually Ella's in there as well. Mm. Um, a song only bodies is in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's incredible. Like the menstrual cramps, um, uh, porridge radio, cigarettes after sex. I mean, it's basically like the coolest. It really <laughs> is. Uh, literally, <laughs> as much as I was watching the film and I was engrossed in it, I just kept going, Siri, what is this track? And I was just <laughs> constantly. <laughs> 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 so oh, wonderful. Well, look. Now, if people want to keep up to speed with everything that um, that you're up to, where's the best place to to, to keep up with all things uh, Nell Instagram. Barlow? Instagram. Instagram. Oh, actually, what is it? It's uh, I think it's Barlow underscore Nell. Well, um, if it's all right with you, when this comes out, we'll tag you in it. So if people aren't following you already, then they can go and go and do that. Thank you so much. That'd be great. Yeah, it's Barlow. Sorry, just that's what I was looking at. Yeah, Barlow underscore Nell. So you can find. Now, thank you so much for today. It's been a real joy. Thank you. It's been such a lovely joy to talk to you. And uh, thank you for having me, Stu. And have a lovely day. Absolute pleasure. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. There you go, Nell Barlow. Wonderful, 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 wonderful chat. Uh, I've just finished that. Still buzzing. Um, 
as mentioned at the beginning, as mentioned towards the end of that podcast, go watch Sweetheart. I think it's on the BBC iPlayer at the moment. Um, it certainly was last week. Uh, so go check it out because um, it's a wonderful film. And uh, yeah, and go give Nell a follow on the socials and uh, and keep up to speed with uh, with her work. Um, as mentioned at the beginning, um, go check out the back catalogue now and, uh, and give us a little follow or a subscribe. Uh, anything else you need to know, your one-stop shop, off the beat and, not beaten, beatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Have a lovely, lovely week. Much love. See you soon. Bye-bye.